Praise the Lord. It's wonderful uh, to be with you tonight. Uh, I just turned 75 uh, in May. And um, but when, when, I'm, when I'm preaching, I feel 25. Uh, so it's uh, a little after 5.30 in Chandler, so I may preach till midnight. Uh, if you get tired, just take a nap. Go get a burrito or something. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, but it is, uh, it is exciting to hear your reports from the East Coast. Uh, this is what we are. Uh, this is what gives us our thrust uh, uh, in the nations and the cities and in the earth. Uh, uh, later this week, I may give a few reports uh, from places maybe you not uh, always in connection. We have over 60-plus Bible conferences now, uh, different geographic locations, some 2,300-plus churches uh, um, I laugh at people in my church sometimes, they're tired. I said, I've been in church since January, amen. Uh, I go to conferences sometimes, sit through uh, service after service, I don't even know what they're saying. Uh, they're speaking in Tagalog or Mandarin or something. And so we're glad you're here tonight. We're glad you made an effort to be here, uh, all your activities. Thank God for your pastor, his wife, and family. And uh, we'll see what God will do this week, amen. You have your Bible tonight, Matthew 15. Uh, when I was a boy, uh, I was raised in the country, very rural area, and life was much, much different uh, than it is today. Uh, my mother used to bake biscuits. Uh, she baked our bread. She, I can remember the old stove. It was like a wood burner. Once in a while, she'd put coal in. Part of my chores was making sure there was always coal and what we called kindling. And nothing was wasted. She would uh, bake biscuits. We called them cathead biscuits because they were the size of a cathead. I'm, I'm hungry already. Amen. I would try to leave some on my plate and my father wouldn't let me leave the table. Every crumb was valued. The bread got a little old, a little stale. My mother would put it in the oven and toast it. Or you would soak it with milk, or once in a while she'd make bread pudding. Sometimes all it takes is a crumb to change your world. There's an amazing story I want to read to you tonight. I want to minister. All you need is a crumb. And in Luke, if you'd turn there this evening, Luke chapter 15, verse 21. Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region, cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. His disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, and he's speaking to her, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith, let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. 
All you need is a crumb. Father, we come by the blood tonight. I thank you for these people, God. I thank you all you're doing in this place. Uh, God, minister tonight. Save those that are lost. Deliver, God. Stir these people to believe you. I pray break curse and devour. God, minister. God, I pray give them nations as an inheritance. God, all you do this week, may it be forever to the glory of your name. Amen. I want to examine with you, maybe you were born in the crumbs. The Bible says in verse 22, Behold a woman of Canaan. She's a Canaanite woman. There's an old term that would probably apply. She was born on the wrong side of the tracks. Canaan was a nation of many gods. She's no doubt an idol worshiper. This woman is not spiritual. She has nothing going for her. Maybe that's you this evening when you came into this building, even here tonight. Tyra and Sidon, they were called the purple people because they worked with dyes and they would take garments and, and linen cloth, various things would come into Tyre and Sidon and they would dye them and because they worked with dye, their hands were stained with purple. You could identify them most anywhere. Maybe you're here tonight and your life's been stained by sin. The Bible calls it iniquity. It's the residue. It's not the sin so much itself, but it's the residue. It's the contagious. It's the curse uh, that's left over because of decisions and lifestyles uh, and partaking of sin. But these people were known as the purple people. Uh, Maybe you're here this evening and you look at your life and all you see is the crumb. Maybe you go to a crummy job. How many ever had a crummy job? I had a number of crummy jobs in my life. Maybe you're here, you got a crummy marriage. You drive a crummy car. Crummy life. Um, You go home and sit on crummy furniture. This word crummy means of poor quality. It's the leftovers. It's something really small, pathetic. Crumbs normally don't inspire you. They get a bad rap. It's what you throw away. Crumb falls from the table. You're eating at home or out sometimes. Uh, It has no value. It's useless. You don't even bother to pick it up. Maybe that's a picture of your life this evening. And what makes this worse um, is you see other people and it's like they got the whole loaf. Amen. They got a loaf of talent. I mean, you know people like that. Uh, Sometimes you look at people and they're unnaturally handsome or or beautiful and you think, my Lord. And you look in the mirror and it's discouraging. (laughs) You look at other people and their physique like your pastor. You know, I'm watching up here, suit's about to bust on him and, and, and mine's about to fall off. But anyway, and so, but you look at other people. They have a loaf of friends. They have a loaf of personality. They have a loaf of money. Life, when you look at them, their life looks rich and full and that's like it magnifies your crumbs. Some people, you look at them, it's like they own the bakery. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. 
But someone had to tell this woman about Jesus. Behold, a woman of Canaan, she came from that region and cried out to Jesus. She traveled. Perhaps they said, listen, there's a man in the city. He heals the sick. He cast out devils. The blind see. Someone, no doubt, ministered and spoke to this no-name, invisible woman to tell her, listen, there's hope. There's an answer for your daughter. Can I tell you tonight, there's a hope for your marriage? Connie and I came in. We had a crummy marriage. Amen. I was 29 years old. She was 25. She got saved a little bit before me. And uh, I can tell you horror stories about marriage. Amen. I was very good on the basketball court. I was quick. And part of that, she was a thrower. She got mad anything that she could put her hand on. And I, I, it was like dodgeball, man. I could move, you know, and because it was coming at me. One time we're driving down the highway. I had a 1963 Chevrolet Impala red blacktop convertible. I'm telling you. And, and I'm stoned out of my mind. I've got my left foot on the gas pedal. Uh, the top's down. I've got her door open. And my right foot, I'm trying to push her out of the car. I'm doing about 80 miles an hour. That makes a horrible marriage. I don't advise that. We came into the kingdom... Uh, we had a crummy marriage, and I'll talk a little bit more about this. Um, and maybe you look tonight, um, and you look at your life, um, you look at your history, uh, but somebody told you about Jesus. Listen, there's hope for people. When they spoke to her, it may have seemed like wasted words on a wasted woman. But when you share the bread of life, it's not always about today. It's about tomorrow. Because then the problem comes that you can't fix. The problem comes you don't have an answer for. The problem that flips your world upside down, evidently that's this woman. She said, oh Lord, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. She's grievously vexed. She's over the top. She's out there. I'll never forget many years ago, you may have heard me tell the this, this story, in, in Arusha, Tanzania. Tanzania is just below Kenya. Scott and Kerry Grabowska was there, and he was going uh, uh, like to neighbors. And <clears throat> you understand, these countries, they don't have the facilities we have. They don't have the money. He's, he's passing flyers like you were on the East Coast. And he's talking to this, and he, and he hears this sound kind of behind the house. And it's unusual. It doesn't sound like an animal, but it doesn't sound human. And he went around and looked around, and here was this young lady, maybe 13 years old, 14. She's naked. Uh, they have her on a leash to a tree. She's demon-possessed. He said there was a stick there and they would put water in the bowl food and shove it to her, her claws, her hair. Uh, and she's making, he said, it was this other world noise. And the mother was so embarrassed. They have no wealth. They have no money. They have no facilities. I've been in hospitals. Your pastor as well. It'll scare you to go in the place. 
I'll never forget, he asked this mother, do you mind if I pray for this woman? And he prayed for this young demon-possessed woman. I came there a short time later with Connie. He'd been telling me, he'd call me. I'm on the platform, and I said, Scott, where is he? And he pointed to this woman, and she's there in the congregation with her hands lifted This demon-possessed woman had a nice dress on. She was clean. Her hair was combed. uh, Her hands were lifted, worshiping God. Listen, there is an answer for you. You never know when that problem comes uh, that drives you to Jesus. She knew who he was. How do I know that? She came by mercy. These powerful words, have mercy on me. What's she saying? I know I don't deserve it. I'm a Canaanite. I have no right to be here. I know I'm not righteous. I'm not in the covenant with God. I have no merit. I'm not coming because I'm worthy. I'm bringing nothing. I'm asking for your mercy. I'm not coming because of who I am, but who you are. I don't qualify, Lord. I know I'm a Canaanite woman, but I'm coming through the mercy of the Lord. Listen, this is a powerful word. Mercy comes from the heart of God. Mercy is not something you earn or deserve. Bible says in Romans and various places, He's moved by the feelings of our infirmities. Mercy says, God, don't give me what I deserve. Show mercy on me. The Old Testament, the mercy seat. You had the outer court, you had the inner court, and then you had the holies of holies. The holies of holies, there was an ark. It was inlaid with gold, out with gold, um, two cherubims with their wings folded, and on the top of this ark was what they called the mercy seat. This is where the high priest once a year would come in and sprinkle the blood of the Lamb, a picture of Jesus. The mercy seat was where God would come down and meet and speak with His people. Inside the ark of the covenant was three things. Moses' broken commandments were there. Aaron's rod that budded was there. And some manna from heaven. All of these represented our failures, our bad decisions, our sin, our insanity. Not one here who hasn't broken the commandments of God. Somewhere like Aaron's rod, we rebelled against God. Somewhere God fed us with manna from heaven and we uh, spoke and we wanted to run back. Where's the leeks and the garlics of Egypt? Uh, This speaks uh, of our failures, our misdeeds, uh, these horrible decisions of sin, rebellion and ungodliness. But they're covered with mercy and the blood of Jesus. Mercy covered you and I I want to tell you, miracles happen where your faith touches the mercy of God. This is a powerful connection in the kingdom of God. Let me ask you, do you have faith for the crumbs? 
This woman's faith is not some dignified, domesticated, tamed faith. This woman's faith is not passive. This woman's faith is desperate and demanding. Your faith has to fight through all the controversy. We're going to talk about that. All the difficulties, all the oppositions of life. People and thoughts and imaginations and discouragement. All of these. What kind of faith do you have this evening? She comes, she cries out to him. And the Bible says he said nothing. Verse 23, he answered her not a word. He ignored her. Rude. No response. Said nothing. You know, sometimes God doesn't speak. What do you do when God doesn't speak? I'm always nervous about these people that God's always talking to them. Amen. What color of shoes, dress, uh, go left, not right, you know. Eat this, don't eat that. You know, God doesn't talk that much. He, right here. You want Him to speak to you, read this book. I've had God speak to me a few times over the years. Um, uh, but listen, God, God does, you know, He doesn't care what color your dress is as long as it covers up flesh. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so, but, but what's interesting in life um, is one of the, my, my thought is when God speaks, He can't lie. That's pretty powerful. In other words, um, if you said that wall was lime green and God said, no, it's red, guess what? It would turn red. His words are creative. He spoke, amen, at creation came in existence. May minister, I love to speak on, uh, preach on words. Uh, it's powerful. The words Jesus spoke were spirit and life. Every, all the deliverance and miracles, they came when he spoke. Rise up and walk. And so that is an encouragement. What God says about you, you need to believe it. Because when he speaks, he cannot lie. It becomes reality. Do you believe what God has said about you? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Who can separate us from the love of God? Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature can separate us from Do you believe what God says about you? Do you believe you can be free? Do you believe you can be changed from glory to glory into his likeness and into his image? Do you believe the possibility? Do you believe in healing? Do you believe your marriage can be transformed? Do you believe financially you can have a miracle? Do you believe God can call you when you look at your life? It doesn't look like you qualify. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I am this evening... What he says I am. Her faith was greater than her history. What's your response when God doesn't answer? This is a day of attitude. You get an attitude? You quit? You go all crazy? Salt? Pout? I'm out of here. God didn't speak to me. I pastor all these guys. They come from the streets, you know, like no doubt some here. And, you know, they all got the attitude. 
It's a trip. None of them have fathers. They all want me to be their father. And uh, it's a riot. But you know, God works miracles. You may have heard me minister. You may know Pastor James Martinez, his wife Christina. Pastors at church today, incredible. Some 250 people over in Glendale, West Phoenix. Uh, Monday night of our conference every year, their choir sings. It's an all-male choir. They're all tatted up. They're all crazy looking. Pastor Mitchell was sitting with me. They all walked by. I mean, they can't sing a lick. I mean, it's horrible. But the testosterone, I mean, the, the thrust, the Holy Ghost, man. Pastor Mitchell said Glendale uh, City ought to pay James Martinez $5 million for what he took off of the streets there. I'm telling you, I'm telling you this evening, don't allow your history to be greater than your faith. James Martinez, his family goes to prison. It's like a family reunion. I'm serious. They don't fear prison. Brothers, uncles, a sister, uh, eight, nine years in prison. His younger brother, Wimpy. I talked to him when he was 18. He didn't listen to me. He's about 40 now. I spent probably uh, almost all but a couple of those years in prison now. But listen, listen to me. He didn't answer her a word. What do you do right there? When the answer doesn't seem to be coming, what's your response? Then there's always people somewhere in the equation of your walk with God and faith, there'll always be someone to upset you. I make a statement to my church. I refuse to allow other people to dictate my spirituality. If you'll embrace that, it'll change the world. I refuse to allow... You're not going to be the determining factor of my spirituality and my relationship with God. His disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. There always seems to be someone between you and Jesus. And many times they look more qualified than you. You're going to have to deal with people. If you're unwilling to fight through rejection of people, and they will say things that will hurt you, send her away. Gee, this woman is a nuisance. This woman, she's a crazy woman now. She's from Tyronside. Lord, what? send her away. Get her out of here. She's embarrassing us. What do you do right there? Someone in church says these kind of words to you. How desperate is your faith? Always there'll be blind Bartimaeus. uh, He's at the roadside begging, Jesus, thou son of David, have... Shh, quiet, quiet. He got louder. The woman with the issue of blood, uh, she had to press through the crowd to touch him. What do you do? What's your response when people hurt you and they say things, mean things, or you feel rejected? What do you do right there? You go off? You go all crazy? You begin to say things? You walk away from a miracle? What do you do right there? 
Your faith must survive people. Amen. How many people have I pastored over the years? They quit church because someone in the congregation said something that upset them. Or they got out of ministry. Or they moved from the front to the back. Or they went into neutral. Because someone, someone in ministry maybe, these are the disciples. How desperate is your faith? This woman's faith is incredible. And then Jesus tries to reason with her. He said, listen, listen. I wasn't a sin except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I'm not supposed to bless you. You're not in the covenant. You're not in line. Your name's not on the list. You don't have an invitation. You're not supposed to be here. You're not in the database. You're not scheduled. What do you do right here? This woman falls down and worships and says, Lord, help me. You want to break the curses of life? Worship God. You want to break curses when, when the world is and people are throwing shots at you, when the heavens seem to be like brass, and if you just worship, God inhabits the praises. Worship moves the heart of God. I'm, talking about, I'm not just talking about in a worship service. Of course, we need to worship. But I'm talking about sometimes at home, sometimes in life when you're struggling, sometimes when pain has punched you in the face, and life can seem cruel, and people can seem indifferent and you look at your life and you're thinking my Lord what is happening to me right there this woman begins to worship God worshiping God when probably you don't feel like it this is not a mountaintop moment it's probably very little inspiration but desperate faith worships God and this will bring you into his presence my baby is vexed with a demon my name may not be there Jesus but I'm not leaving I may not be in the covenant but do you hear me Lord do you hear desperation I'm not giving up your faith is not just about you It's about your children. It's about people that you have influence over. Listen to me, mom and dad. When you live for God and you press in for, it's not just about you. It's about your children and your children's children. I have great-grandchildren. It's not just about me in the moment. I was in California a few years ago at at a rally. And over the years, I've, I've been there. Uh, they do a rally. It's a leadership church in California. Go there every year, discipleship. And we, Pastor Mitch and I do a pioneer. I saw this young man, Hispanic man, got powerfully converted. And, uh, I, I mean, I just, I, he's one of those, I just, I, my eye was drawn to him. I'd speak to him. I watched him over the years. Him and his wife came in. His uh, sister and brother-in-law got saved. Come, they all come out of Catholicism. 
His parents came, got powerfully converted. Uh, time's passing. He's got some uh, two or three boys. Uh, forget exactly how many. Um, I see him. He's ushering. God's hands on him. And then I come to a rally, and I don't see him. And I'm thinking maybe he's working. And I asked the pastor, I said, where's so-and-so? He said, Pastor, you won't believe what happened. I said, well, what do you mean what happened? He said, we had a medical emergency in the foyer on a Sunday morning. And he was right on top. And he was there and he took care of it. But an usher who had been ushering one of our older gentlemen 20 years later kind of pulled him aside and, and told him, said, listen, you did great, but here's a couple other things in the future that you might, might think about. This might help you. And he said something happened to him. He missed a service. And I, he said, I, I, I said, what, what? I talked to him. What's the problem? He said, who does he think he is talking to me like that? <laughs> who does he think I am? I'm, I'm... And this thing ate at him. And pretty soon he quit coming to church. His kids, his boys, listen, these boys, mean streets of L.A. County. He's not thinking those streets will eat your kids up, as many of you know. He's not thinking about his mom and dad and the blood, the family, sister and brother-in-law. Listen, your faith is not just about you. It's about people that aren't even born yet. It's about people who haven't even walked through those doors yet and are born again. What do you do right here? What kind of faith do you have? This woman is incredible. Jesus uses her great faith. My baby, my baby. He tries to reason with her again. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. Did I hear you right, sir? Did did he call me what I thought he called me? A dog? Are are you serious? Repeat that please, sir. What do you do right there? Later. Later for you. This is a good time to have a pity party. Good time to feel sorry for yourself. I can't believe he said that to me. Jesus called me a dog. Watch desperate faith. Watch faith in the trenches. She's, this woman so amazes me. There's no defending. There's no denying. There's no argument. Basically says, that's me. Got it right. See, this is not some little cute religious faith. It's not polished and all wrapped up with a bow for Christmas. It's not shining. This is faith down in the agonies and the desperate places of life. Uh, what kind of faith do you have? Jesus said, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. 
Knock and keep on knocking. And knock and keep on knocking. Your kids ever come in and say, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. How many got kids? You ever say that? And then you start to make them a sandwich. No, I don't want mustard. No, no pickles. I want some onion. I want some jalapeno on my, you know. Uh, hey, if, if you're picky, you're not real hungry. Okay? You don't really know hungry. Amen. This is the same way with faith. This woman, she's, she's not putting all of these limitations uh, and qualities. Lord, have mercy on me. My daughter is grievously vexed with a demon. It's not right. Give the master's bread to dogs. She's radical. Are you radical? Is your faith radical this evening? Or at the first conflict, the first resistance, uh, the first crisis, do you quit? Throw in the towel. You know, right here is what astonishes sometimes church people. You know, it's possible you have the experience with God. This woman has no Bible knowledge, she has no history. She has no qualifications, and you look at your life. I had a woman in my church, oh, it was a riot. She's raw. You know, that's, I don't know if that term, but she's, she's I mean, she's, she's crazy. You know, don't you love it when those people get saved? Amen. It makes church exciting. You never know what's going on. We had a water baptism the other night, baptized about 30 people, and I'm telling you, it's a trip, man. These folks, I mean, they're just letting it out. I mean, it is a riot listening to them. Who needs a TV? Amen. Amen. I mean, their story. I, here's a little boy and his mom. His mom's getting baptized. And him and his brother are getting baptized. He just, yeah. And he, and he says, I thank Jesus that mommy's not on drugs anymore. Thank you, Jesus, that me and my brother can come home. And there's not a big fight going on. I mean, it was just, shoo. The guy got baptized, and I'm sitting on the front row, you know. Our church is a lot of Hispanics, Native Americans, blacks. Um, and uh, he's, he's testifying, and he says, yeah, I hated white people. <laughs> I'm sitting right there. <laughs> yeah, he said, I hated, I hated white people. Reason I know Jesus is real, I don't hate white people anymore. I said, praise God, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> this woman got saved. She's a mess. And she gets it's like $20,000 somebody gave her. And I mean, but you are what? Thank you, Jesus. A miracle. I got 20. And people have been tithing for 10 years. I've been tithing for 10. I never got no 20,000. This woman is an incredible example. The Bible says he talks about this woman. What kind of experience with God do you have? 
Jesus tells the story about the widow that Elijah went to with, during the famine. Same kind of thing. She had no right. The Seraphonician woman, he went to her with a miracle, passed by all the Jewish ladies, and the Bible said they wanted to kill him. I want to close with the thought, listen, all you need is a crumb. Listen to this woman. Listen to faith. Yes, Lord. Oh, you call, say what you want about me, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Just give me what other people don't want. What others view as useless. What others look at and they're not excited about it. The crumbs. Remember when you came to church, and I hope you still do, every service was electrified. I can remember being a new convert. Everything, everything was, I mean, it was strange. People speaking in tongues. I'd never seen an offering in my life. And I remember, every, I'm just waiting, every, everything. I mean, every altar call, who needs to get saved? A Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, revival every night, who needs to get saved, you know, for about six months. <clears throat> Here's this woman. She says, just give me a crumb. You know what's interesting about the crumb? If you've been fasting, you're going to hate this part of the sermon. <clears throat> Think about this. Everything that's in the loaf is in the crumb. There's just a lot more of it. I came into the kingdom on a crumb. This woman said, listen, listen, Lord. Give me what other people don't want. You know what astounds me sometimes? I pastor probably 50, 60 young people. Their parents are pastors. Parents are on the mission field. They're out. These are young couples, young married, some of them single. Pastor probably a couple hundred church kids. They're raised in church. And what, what's painful sometimes, they're raised with the whole loaf, but they don't value it. They're like the prodigal son. They take the inheritance. People come in off the streets, man, just, just a crumb. Just, I mean, they're excited about the least little thing about God. And you're raised with a whole loaf. And, pff, ah, it's become common to you. You know how to pray, but you don't pray. You know the Bible, but you don't live it. You have all kinds of, you've heard sermon out, have all kinds of inspiration and insight, but you don't witness. What are you doing with what God has given you? And yet others come in many times, and what we discard, what we, it doesn't, we don't even blink. Wow. She said, just give me the crumb that falls from the master's table. And Jesus, he can't believe this woman. What are you doing with what God has given you? I pastor people that waste enough glory to raise the dead. Raised with a loaf. 
Are you wasting what other people are begging for? Are you wasting what they're crying out for? Jesus, the bread of life, the manna from heaven. I'm telling you, God brought me through storms on a crumb. Amen. God brought my marriage in the early days through on a crumb. As I was said, when I was small, I can remember my mother baking biscuits and she'd have some flour and she'd have some butter uh, and a little salt sometimes, a little bit of milk, a little uh, oil maybe, and she would make these biscuits. What do you do with what God's given you? Connie and I came in kingdom of God. I remember one time, you know, we partied. I didn't work for two and a half years uh, before we were saved or longer. I was an entrepreneur. <laughs> and I used to gamble and do various things. I, I raised plants and sold them and a lot of different. And, but I remember, you know, sin in, in life a trip. Amen. In life, life a trip. Uh, uh, how many ever partied? How many ever really partied? You really, really went to the clubs, went, you went wherever you went. Let me see. Let me see how many did. Let me see your hand. Okay. Did you ever go into a club and say 10%? I'm tithing in here, then I'm out. I'm gone. And yet we come to church. I remember Connie and I got, we partied, man. I mean, we partied for months at a time. I remember being Sick. Sick. As, and, and, and either Connie or, or some of my friends, hey, Joe, get a cup. There's a party. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Great. And, and we get a little sniffle. We can't come to church. I won't be there, Pastor. Come on, come on, come on. Connie and I got saved. We didn't have a clue about anything. And I remember it being preached, but we said, you know what? We're at least going to serve God as much as we serve the devil. We're at least going to give as much to God as we gave to insanity and sin. Came in on a crumb. They come to repo our furniture one time. You know, buy furniture, you can't pay for it, don't want to pay for it. They come in, looked at it, it's all partied out, you know, Jack Daniel stains and cigarette burns, who knows, dear Lord Jesus. And this is how, this is the crumb that we were living on. They looked at it and said, just keep it. <laughs> you, know, you know life's pretty crumb. When they look at it, they said, just keep it. We don't want it. You can have it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You may come in on a crumb. God brought us through storms, difficulties, and crisis, battles. But you know what? If you're faithful with the crumb, you know what God will do? God will give you a slice. Yes, He will. Then you're faithful with that. And that's the story of some of you in this place. And He'll give you a bigger slice. And if you're faithful with that, it just and then He'll give you the loaf. And then if you're, He'll buy you the bakery. Connie and I have been married 54 years. And I'm telling you, it's been a ride. Been to nations, missionaries, pioneered churches, 
pastoring. And we sit down in the afternoon sometimes. Kids are gone, grandkids, people all over the world, great-grandkids, daughter J-Rel, I was just there last week pastoring her and Josh Fowles, married, got five children, Spring Lake, North Carolina. Connie and I sit down in the afternoon. I have my chair, she has her chair. The unpardonable sin is if I sit in her chair or she sits, I'm messing with you. I'll get a cup of coffee. And you know what we talk about? I'm going to tell you what life is. I may repeat myself this week. You want to know what life is? You want to know what life is? I'll tell you what life is. At the end of the day, it's your experiences and your memories with God and people. That's life. Jesus put it this way, love the Lord your God, all your heart, body, mind, soul, spirit, your neighbor as your God and people is life. My good friend Roy Sobloski was on staff with me for nine years. Passed away. Last August I had to leave the July conference. They thought he was going to go any minute. I'm there with Roy. And they gave him a, a transfusion. It was amazing to me. Had diabetes. His kidneys were gone. Give him a transfusion. He just... Phew. So we're talking. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about the ministry. Here was a man who was a missionary. Mexicali, Mexico. Pioneered in Phoenix. Pioneered in Coolidge. Missionary to Malaysia on staff with me nine years, watched his kids grow up. We're sitting there. He knows he's got hours maybe to live. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about times in church, times with God, experiences we had, memories we had with God and people. Oh, let me say something. Listen, listen, listen. You're not, it's not a freebie. You're going to take some hits. You're going to take some shots from people, from the demonic, from life. But I'm telling you, if you're faithful, God is faithful. God is faithful. You may have came in on a crumb. You may have survived some things. But listen, listen, God will take that crumb and he'll give you a slice and he'll give you more then he'll give you more. It's called blessing. Amen. It's called fruitfulness. It's called your portion. It's called dominion. I got saved about 46 years ago. Crazy, insane. Filled with anger and violence. I'm standing on a street corner. Still had my bike. Biker friends pulling on me. You've heard me tell the story, no doubt. I said, listen, I'm not going with you. I've been telling you about Jesus. I'm not partying. You don't have to party. Just ride with us. But I do better. I said, not only that, I'm going to sell my bike. And I, I didn't mean to say it. Something in my heart said, why in the world did you say that? But once I said it, I turned to walk down the street. A gambler friend of mine had got saved. Tears. I hadn't shed one tear. Tears began to run down my face. I'd been saved maybe two months. God whispered, son, if you'll be faithful, 
I will cause you to preach in the nations. I went and told my pastor. I could tell it was everything you do keep from laughing. If you'd have saw me, you would have laughed too. I'm telling you what, listen, God will whisper things to you that seem so far out there. Tuck it away in your heart. Tuck it away in your heart because God, if you are faithful over that which is least, God says, I'll make you ruler over much. Sometimes all it takes is a crown. I ask you to bow your head with me tonight. Lord, we love you in this place. Oh, Ramashandalalavar.